So this is Christmas. <laughs> Ghostbusters is here. <laughs> I've seen the movie. And now I'm filled with cheer. That wasn't, that was, I'm, okay, I'm not tone deaf, but I'm also not, you know, I should probably leave that shit to like Mariah Carey and stuff, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I have been, so with it, because I, we have talked a lot about my excitement for this episode. Big time. We have not talked about my reaction, my response. Right. Um, I saw this movie. Well, we went over it when mm. we did the like we we did the walkthrough and we like scripted our answers. But other than you're right, we haven't recorded our responses. We scripted them and changed them a little bit yeah. so that they weren't entirely true, but would <laughs> you know sort of convey better on the on the podcast and stuff. Yeah, sure. fudge fudge the facts the way we normally do. Yeah. No, listen, I but we have not talked about it. And uh, I saw this movie Tuesday. Mm. I have tickets again to see it Saturday. Um, my sister's oh, talking about wow. seeing it, so there may be a third oh, viewing happening. Good gravy, um, man. But I have been, listen, I have been waiting for this movie for... Since 1984. At least, well, for at least 10 years. For at least, uh, at least as long as I've been old enough to sort of be a part of the movie news circuit and have known about, um, like, Canceled sequel, threequel, whatever. Canceled, canceled movies and shelved scripts and and come on, Bill Murray, get your shit together and just agree to come be in it. We know you're, <laughs> we know you want to move on. We know you're not, you know, you're you're a true friggin' thespian now with your lost in translation bullshit. But whoa, 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 whoa. but come on, Bill Murray, just it's it's Peter Venkman. Just come be in Ghostbusters. Just come. <laughs> F and do it. Uh, I've been waiting for this movie for so long. And then, um, like, seven years ago, no, five years, like, five years ago, um, it was like, oh, we're getting a new Ghostbusters movie. Finally. And then I saw the trailer, and I don't know that a trailer for a movie's ever actually made me throw up in my mouth. Um, <laughs> what? Whoa. But it was bad. The all-female Ghostbuster one. Oh, sorry. Yes. Crap. Yeah. Mm. And that's, listen, that's in, you know what? The comments and the assumptions are going to be like that this is coming from a place of misogyny no, no, and no. whatever. No, it's not. It's coming from two places. It's coming from, I am a Ghostbusters friggin' diehard fanatic, which means anything other than, anything other than the Ghostbusters that I know and love is going to be an uphill battle to get me to enjoy it. Um, and it also comes from a place of, it's just not a great movie. Mm, no. Like it's just, it's just, it is just bad. It's just a bad movie. Are there funny moments in it? Absolutely. Do I think it's funny? Do I enjoy it as a comedy? Yes. Is it a good Ghostbusters movie? No, it's horrible. It's mm. a horrible, horrible Ghostbusters movie. Right. Anyways, all of that aside, I was so friggin' You know, from the moment they've announced this movie, which feels like forever ago, and it kind of was forever ago because of the pandemic, and unfortunately, because of everything else. Um, but here we are; it, it's happened. Um, I've gone to go see it. You've gone to go see it. We have not compared thoughts, but hello and welcome. Welcome. Well, a couple things. A lot to digest there. First, as you alluded to, welcome. 
Welcome to the Movie Man podcast. Um, you you started. Do you, you think that 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 that'll work? Can we start recording? You think, I just I wanted to run the the run it through past you. one more time, one more time, okay. and then people get there. Okay. Um, no, uh, well, I, you started with uh, this is a little tangent, but you started with singing and that specific song, and I felt like we were either one of two things, and this is just what I associate that song with. We were either part of an advertisement for like a humane society ad for like cats. I was going to say, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't place it, but isn't that like the yeah, the starving Africa song? Either that or like humane society, like please donate a dollar to save this cat. Which is, is this, was that like a, is it a Paul McCartney? Yes. Is it a Beatles song? I don't originally? think so. I think it's just a solo project. Okay. But it's, okay, no, I didn't mean like collectively. One of the Beatles. Wait, no, yeah, it's Paul McCartney for sure. Paul I, McCartney. And then it's one of those songs where since then, like, you know, <laughs> like Billie Eilish and Eminem and whoever the hell else got together, like they've done versions of it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. One of those big, like, collective, all the all the celebrities came together and sang to raise money type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I feel like I felt like we were either in one of those ads, or personally in my childhood, I feel like that song was like playing on an endless loop in the department store, formerly known as Zellers for Canadians. Um, and if for you're, old Canadians, for old Canadians, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless, uh, we are neither of those things. We are the Movement Podcast, and we're doing a new release of a film that you are jazzed about, and I'm sure also a lot of other Ghostbuster and movie goers alike are jazzed about. Well, hang on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sure. Okay. I was I was jazzed to see it. I don't want to. Sure. I don't. I don't want to show my hand yet. Maybe maybe I've seen it and now Fair I'm enough. super not jazzed about it. Well, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's not, hopefully that's not the case, but it could be. <laughs> we'll I could out. be, I could be here to say, the hell, man, the hell was that? But, but yes. Do you have <laughs> trivia? I, I don't. Do, I do not for this. Okay. Uh, you know, it's hit or miss for new releases and this one I do yeah. not. Yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's cool. So can we, do you want to just, shall we? Is, is that a yes? Are we just jumping in? I think so. Okay. Okay. I said, shall we? And you, you got real quiet. I I get I get a little... Sorry, I was kind of distracted. I kind of have to backtrack. I think it was maybe John Lennon and not Paul McCartney, and it was really bothering me. <laughs> I wondered. I was going to say John Lennon, you're, yeah, or you're was right. it Paul McCartney? We can agree that it was one of the Beatles, and I'm pretty sure it was John Lennon. So I think we can agree it wasn't George Harrison. <laughs> Or Ringo Starr, or whoever that the fifth beat the the guy that makes all the noise because he was the fifth <laughs> Beatle and they like stole all his. You know the guy I mean? No. Oh no! Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm Tangent not here. I'm not big on Beatles, and I'm not here to smash them. But uh, like, the, Peter Jackson Beatle. just released that new triv like that not trivia, but that new documentary on the Beatles, and I've never been so part like not interested in anything in my life. And I'm uh, everyone's like losing their mind, like, oh my gosh, like I'm staying up and watching this all night. And I'm like, oh, okay. Cause sure. uh what was his name? There was a guy. There was a guy. I actually I think there's been several. I think there's been several that are, you know, come forth and 
and claim to have early members. Uh, Pete oh. Best, Pete Best <laughs> whines a lot about... So, you know, okay, so you've got, obviously, John Lennon, sure. Paul McCartney, George yeah. Harrison, Ringo Starr. Yes. Uh, and then there's a touring magician called... What? Magician. Musician <laughs> called <laughs> That'd be Jimmy baller Nickel. as hell. Same thing. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes you put a guitar in their hand, they're magic. Um, <laughs> but there were three other drummers. Oh, okay. Right? Hmm. So, okay. like, three drummers, they went through... From the year 1960 to 62, they went through three drummers. They do call drummer the widowmaker of band members just because they just, yeah, bad things The two I've heard of are Stuart Sutcliffe, I think. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I've definitely heard of Pete Best. And Pete Best, uh, I don't know if there's bad blood. I don't know if it's one of those like (laughs) he left willingly or... Sure. um, But he is is often referred to as the... uh, Known as a he was um musician known as a drummer for England rock band immediately before the band achieved worldwide fame. Uh, it oh, sucks. Well. Um, <laughs> and so he would have been like, you know, it could have, he might not have, you know, Ringo might not have made it, but anyways, oh, wow. um, yeah, so. Let's talk about Ghostbusters. Yes, sorry. This is a movie, so you have only seen... I assume you didn't rewatch the other two in preparation. I rewatched the 2016 version. You bastard. Just you kidding. dirty No, I, I did not. I did not rewatch. Okay. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that you didn't, only because mm. the film is so chocked full of... References. I um, got that impression. References and sim- uh, symmetry and, mm. and sort of all this beautiful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some of those. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out. And so obviously, obviously from the original cast, the Ghostbuster actor who is no longer with us is Harold Ramis. Um, right. And who played Egon Spangler. Mm. Um, so that was always definitely going to be a consideration going into this movie, making this movie. Uh, we don't have Harold. So, like, hmm. you know, w- what do we do? And I think they, from that standpoint, from a what do we do, how do we, how do we sort this out, uh, I think they nailed it. I think it's, it's a, a beautiful sort of tribute to Harold um who was an actor he helped write the original right like hmm. him and uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote the original Ghostbusters oh um, really okay yep oh yeah it's it's their baby hmm. um and so i think having showing him at the beginning as obviously there was like a, a stand-in actor um and they didn't ever reveal his face at the beginning hmm. um but it was, but you you knew you you could see like the the brim of his glasses and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, you know you you kind of knew. Okay, this is Egon, mm. um, and it was shrouded in a lot of mystery. What is he like? What's why is he here? And what is he running from? What's chasing him? And then and then we see him get killed, hmm. and it's like whoa, okay, <laughs> um, and so that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. I dug it. I was like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm here for it. Um, so throwbacks to the original. Um, so all throughout, I mean, obviously the trap is 
Right. Original. Yep. Um, the Twinkie in the glove box is a throwback. Oh, I wondered. Okay. Um, so there's, um, he talks a lot about, or, or there's a line in the movie where they're trying to explain what's going to happen. I don't know if it's, they're explaining it while they're in jail or if they're explaining it to the mayor shortly after, but they're mm. talking about like, um, they're talking about, they're trying to convince someone of like what's about to happen to the city if they're not allowed to go do what it is that they need to go do. Right. Um, and they use a Twinkie as a reference because <laughs> they ha- they happen to have a Twinkie on hand or something. I don't know. Sure. Um, and so there's that. Um, there are things like uh, at one point, Phoebe reaches into a pocket of one of the jumpsuits and she pulls out a crunch bar wrapper. Uh, in the original Ghostbusters, Peter gives, you know, it, there's, there's some sort of inside joke where Peter's like, you know what, Egon, I take back a lot of the horrible things I've ever said about you. And he pulls out a crunch bar and hands it to Egon and says, here, you've earned it. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I don't know if that's, I think it's, I don't know that we're ever supposed to fully understand that. There's probably some like, you know, I, th- I think that's just establishing that these guys have history. Oh, um, sure. And there's some sort of long-standing bet or something. I don't know. That's that's going on there. Okay. Um, so that's definitely a throwback. There are some things that have changed. So if you are a diehard fan and you look super close, there are, over the years, there have been a, some subtle, but definitely some, um, some subtle, but some present alterations that have been made to the Proton Packs. Hmm. Um, and so that's interesting to see. Uh, obviously, a gunner seat has been added to Acto. Right. Um, yes. Th- we have the addition of remote control ghost traps now. Um, <laughs> so there's there's a couple of a couple of different things that have changed. Um, other throwbacks to the original when in the basement of um, of like Egon's sort of lab, his under the farm, his lab there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shot where we see all these different like funguses and molds and stuff. And that's from a line in the original Ghostbusters where Annie Potts's character, Janine, is is um, chatting up Egon because she's got a crush on him and whatever. And she's like, I just love to do this and I love to do that. Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I collect mold spores and funguses. Oh, that's his, you know, and it's just a, fu- it's just a funny like hmm. line from the, but so anyways, hmm. um, so those are the big ones. The okay. fact that Ray is working at Ray's occult and books, um, which is the store that we see him working in at the beginning of ghostbusters two, when they've kind of disbanded for a while and like oh. gotten a, a bad name in the city. So he's working there. Ray's occult is how he answers the phone. <laughs> um, so that's a thing. Um, and then, so so then the other stuff is like Evo Shandor. So we hear a lot about Evo Shandor in the first movie because in the first movie, Dana Barrett's building, which is like the top of the building is where mm, Gozer's yep. coming through yep. and the gate, the gatekeeper and, or the, the key master and the gatekeeper and the dogs are up there. Mm, um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and all of that stuff, and then the the portal opens up, and they have their big 
um, their big cross the stream showdown on top of that building. <laughs> uh, well, so the architect who designed that building, his name was Evo Shandor. Right. Um, and so they talk about in the beginning, you know, Ray's like pouring over the schematics for that building. And he's like, the 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 beams, like the structural supports of this building are made out of, and it's some kind of metal, metal or mineral or whatever. Um, but he's like, you know, and Winston, Ernie Hudson's character is like, I guess I'm, I guess they don't make them like they used to. And Ray's like, they never made them like this. <laughs> like, this is like the guy, whoever, whoever made this was either a certified genius or a lunatic. <laughs> um, and, and they say like the whole thing is that building was built and designed to be a superconductor for like dark paranormal shit. Mm. Um, it acts as like this big antenna for, you know, dark energy. Right. Um, and Evo Shandor was a, he was a cult guy, um, but specifically became a Gozer worshiper and, and all of that stuff. Right. Sure. And so he built this building as a way for the second coming or the third or fourth or whatever coming, another <laughs> return right. of Gozer. Um, so then it turns out Somerville is a town that was basically built by Evo Shandor and that Evo Shandor was using hmm. this mine, this mountain, and that's the he mined all of the material to build that building out of this mine. Mm. Um, and there's like a steel refinery thing there where he refined it all. And the town was it's a mining town that was built essentially by him and his mining operation. Hmm. Um, so that he could build this evil place and do all this stuff. So that was like a hmm. really crazy cool throwback. Okay. Um, yeah. To the original. Um, so yeah, those are the massive, and then we'll talk about one or two when we talk about the cameo at the end. Sure. Um, but yeah. So I don't, I don't know where to go. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> Like, what do you, do? You, is there anything, like, do you want to jump in here? Jump in. <sighs> hmm. It's hard to know where to go, because mine are a little bit more kind of just comments, or like, um, overall comments or questions. Right. Which is, so I guess I would say, like, this film is not made for someone who hasn't seen the original Ghostbusters. I'm sure you will enjoy it. But the enjoyment level difference between having having this be the first Ghostbusters movie you've seen or being a fan, like this film is full of fan service. Um, right. And so if you're not a fan, I'm not going to go as far to say as you can't enjoy this movie or you won't enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a lot in here if you're not a fan. There's definitely a lot in here that is not directed to your psychographic. Which I think I was a little surprised. I think I was expecting, I know it's a sequel, so I I think you have to go in with some expectation of it's obviously like a carrying forward. I think I was expecting more of just a rebirth and just kind of being a little bit more separated and I'm not saying that would be better. I think that's just what I was expecting. And I think I was surprised by how much of a continuation it was and that it was some of this. It was definitely very connected to the original films. And obviously the the main characters don't show up till a small portion at the end, but they're connective 
deepness to the whole story was, I think, a little bit more present than I was anticipating. I was anticipating sure. maybe just more references of like, say, for example, like the Twinkie rolling out things of that nature that are just subtle that like might be at the end of scenes that are just nods, but not so much a here's an actual you know, a continuation of the story, I guess, versus just right. head nods or hat tips. And I think whereas, that I was surprised by that. Whereas literally the plot of this film is about a sort of a continuation of, you know, there's some references to the second Ghostbusters, but really it's about sort of a reoccurrence, the ramifications the fallout, the reoccurrence of the Manhattan cross rip of when Gozer came and the destroyer showed up and chose the form of mm -hmm. the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Right. Um, you know, that is, that is, it's, it's all a massive callback to that. It's, it's less of a, yeah, it's less of a rebirth that maybe I was anticipating, and it's really a, a conclusion, like a, a wrapping up of uh, what we didn't realize were unfinished threads from the first film. Sure. And it's, you know what, in some ways it's a it's a wrap-up, but in other ways, like, did you stay for both post credit scenes? Oh. <laughs> oh, so you stayed for one. <laughs> you stayed for one. I definitely stayed for one. Ah. Uh -huh. oh. uh -huh. oh. Uh okay. So we will talk about that in a minute. Sure. Um but yeah, so you stay for one. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, so I do think in a lot of ways it's a revival of the franchise too, though. Like I think this okay. film okay. and sort of the intent of this film was to open it up for more to come. Sure. Um so yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about this movie. So yeah, Paul Rudd's in this movie. Oh, um, thank you for bringing that up. I'm cutting you off, and then I'll let you continue. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But I'm going to say two things that if the if our power goes out and this is the end of the episode, I'm okay with it ending on this. Paul Rudd, we always knew this. The friend you want a beer with, but also Paul Rudd, the stepdad you want. Oh yeah, heck. Or 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 the summer school teacher. Heck yeah! Because if a summer school teacher is going to show you <laughs> like the child's stuff, play too the and Cujo, stuff he was showing, my gosh! Paul Rudd is always good. In this movie, he's phenomenal. He is hilarious in this movie. He is so funny. I'll, uh, the only thing I'll pick from that is I would say this film is no different from other. Like, I think he's excellent in everything, and this is no different, versus he's good sure. in everything, and this is excellent. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, he, he, I, I think for me, it was like, again, everyone in this movie, everyone in this movie who wasn't a part of the original, I was approaching with some trepidation. Um, sure. And yeah. so if yeah. if you came out of this movie and you didn't annoy me or I wasn't like you you don't belong here why are you here um then that was that's a a gold star on your fridge that is you know that's a really that's that's a huge achievement um and so I was I was there was never a moment in this film where I wasn't delighted 
and and you know just yeah super super happy with paul rudd sure oh heck yeah absolutely yeah um speaking of paul rudd too this is a this is a paul rudd moment but i think if this film is to win any awards um i you know it's not a best picture nominee it's not a best actor it's not you know this is not like Mm -hmm. traditional major oscar yeah type thing um but if there was a category which was most accurate portrayal of the walmart experience what then this film would get it. What do because you mean? The, the second the Walmart thing, ha- like, okay, so two things. One, I don't know that I've ever actually seen the inside of Walmart in a movie before. Hmm. And it was so strange because, so I saw this movie in, I mean, so this is like part of sucking me in or whatever. Uh, this was an IMAX experience for me. I went and saw Ooh. this IMAX. Um, and so, oh God, like the, the rumble when the proton pack turned on, like the, and like the theater shaking and stuff. And you're like, holy, yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) Um, but he's walking through Walmart and it was the, it was just so weird because it was like, yeah, you know, you see people go, you also don't see like a lot of McDonald's unless it's like a movie based on McDonald's or something. Right. So, but like, and then even, even, you know, how like McDonald's all around the world is different. So like, if you see like as Canadians, all these movies and stuff, a lot of movies are shot and or, well, actually a lot, most movies take place in the States and even a lot of movies that take place in the States are shot here in Toronto or Canada or whatever, Vancouver. Um, but it's always meant to be America, America. Um, but, and so, you know, you've got like uh, the McDonald's or the Dunkin' Donuts or whatever that, you know, stuff is, it's never Mm -hmm. Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, you know, eh, that looks a little different than my McDonald's. <laughs> Walmart is Walmart, baby. And so, like, as Paul Rudd's walking around Walmart, and I'm like, there's like a skid in the center of the thing with a, <laughs> like stacks of Mr. Noodles on it <laughs> and Arizona iced teas and then Nestle Parlor ice cream. I was like, I freaking have bought Nestle Parlor. <laughs> like, I've walked these aisles. I have done the, the <laughs> things that he is doing and I do them weekly. Like, I just, I don't know why that stuck out to me, but the Walmart sequence was so much fun for me. I was just, I was like grinning cheek to cheek and I didn't know why. I was like, this has got to be the most accurate film portrayal of Walmart that anyone has ever, because normally, you know, no, you're like, yeah. oh, he's in a gro- random grocery store. Right. There was no reason it had to be Walmart. The closest I've seen is, I think I think I've seen like Costco. Sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, but, but then even still, yeah. And you're like, ah, you know, there's Costco is Costco and and Costco is very much its own thing, but it's not like super heavy on the branding where it's like, right. this is freaking Walmart, <laughs> like top to bottom down to the, the, the yellow price stickers and like everything. Right. I was like, I, I don't know why that Walmart sequence made me grin cheek to cheek, <laughs> ear to ear. I, I don't know why. I really didn't notice. Like the more you're talking it up i am kind of in in agreement it was kind of surreal I, maybe it's just so, so relatable i think that's maybe it 
and I think that, but that's what I loved. I was like, oh yeah, oh my god, for sure. Paul Rudd is just people. I'm people. Yeah, that's I part shop of it at too. Walmart. It's like Paul Rudd I shops at Walmart. I like ice cream too, Paul Rudd. Yeah, I don't buy Baskin Robbins. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, we all have a budget know. here. We don't, you know, because we put all of our Patreon money back into the show. Right. Instead of our own pockets, we have to we buy the Nestle Parlor ice cream <laughs> instead of yeah. instead of Baskin Robbins. But uh yeah and actually you know what that doesn't surprise me now because there was um i think i mean obviously baskin robbins was a sponsor of this movie um oh, that's like for a sure. paid advertisement oh, because yeah. there's a baskin robbins actually there's two baskin robbins not far from where i live Whew. um and baskin robbins right now has a funko pop figure which is <laughs> a which is a mini puff holding a spoon a baskin robbins spoon with like some mint chocolate chip ice cream on it. It's like a Baskin Robbins exclusive Funko sure. Pop, Ghostbusters Funko Pop. So, Dang. yeah. Um, but yeah, I that that scene. And the other really nice thing, um, you know, I so the the mini Stay Pops, I, they didn't. They're cute, and it was funny. It kind of felt out of place to me. I was like, uh, hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't hate this, but I also don't know if it's working for me sure um so i was kind of in between there um but what definitely did work for me is when the the dog shows up the zool dogs mm. um practical puppet man hmm. like that dog except for when it's like running and stuff but when it's just like <laughs> in the aisle and it's like eating dog food that is like a foam latex Interesting. Practical prop sitting there, <laughs> and it and and it shows. You're like, that's not CGI, right? That thing is actually sitting there, and huh. I appreciated that so much. Interesting. I'm not sure if I would have. I I was able to pick up on that, but that that's yeah, you got to watch an IMAX, man. IMAX. Yeah. That's yeah. It's really, huh. it's really where it's at. Um, <laughs> and because I, you know what? Because IMAX is a different aspect ratio. I technically saw more of this movie than you did. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know. Um yeah. So Evo Shandor. Hmm. Did you pick up on who was playing Evo Shandor? Oh, did I? It, what a weird so there's two. So there's weird. two there's two characters, two actors in this movie. Okay. Um both are Big name actors. Okay. Both have very minuscule roles. Um, and, and one so, even more minuscule than than J.K. Simmons. So okay, thank you. And just for the listener to bring them up to speed, if they weren't aware, who's the second? The actress who is playing the physicality of Gozer, because Gozer obviously the actress is different than the person doing the voice is different than yep. you know whatever yep. else. Can you guess? I have no idea. To have this actress and then cake her in makeup and then not even have her say any lines. Like, it's literally just her physicality. Like, you could have put just about anybody in this <laughs> getup. It's not a hard acting job or anything. Uh, but it's Olivia Wilde. What? Why? Yeah. Okay. I have no exactly why. <laughs> why pay for Olivia Wilde 
just to cake her in Gozer makeup and then not let her say anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And then if if anything, it bothered me because I could pick up on like I was like, that's Olivia Wilde. And and I saw it and I was like, this is that's distracting me from that just being Gozer. Because I know it's Gozer, but huh. I also know that's Olivia Wilde. <laughs> I would rather that a bit of nobody. Cause right. I don't want to recognize Gozer as anyone other than Gozer. Oh yeah. So um so let's let's talk about the new characters. Um so Phoebe. I could sit and watch Phoebe all freaking day. Well, I'm glad you said that because so could I. She was Phoebe was incredible. She's so good. The actress is incredible. I don't know if you've seen. um, So if you watch like an interview with her um, out of character or whatever, she's got like straight blonde hair and is like, Oh no. Okay. She looks nothing like that. Interesting. Um, She's like, she looks like, you know, she's like a popular kid in school. She's got like, She's like a little celebrity Hollywood actress. Like she's an attractive little girl. Hmm. That's didn't. That's weird. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like she's she's different than the eccentric kind of. Uh, they dweebied her up. In, yes. In, immensely. Yes. I that, yeah. I I understand what you mean. Um. And so that's. But she's incredible. She's incredible. Um. Finn Wolfhard. You know, I'm a little I don't know. I mean, he was in he was in Stranger Things obviously is how he got his big, you know, it's why everyone knows him. Oh yeah. Um and then he was in the It movies. He played one of the kids in It. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I I and I wasn't looking forward to him being in it cuz I think I'm kind of over him. Um but I didn't mind. I thought he was good. I thought he was he fit the role well. Sure. Um, and you know he was like he he was a main character, but of uh, compared to like Phoebe, he was a bit more peripheral. So I could live with that. Yeah. Um, podcast I found really funny. He's a great <laughs> comedic relief. Yeah. Um, but I'm like I don't I don't need you as a Ghostbuster though. Like moving <laughs> forward, like if we do a sequel, um, I don't actually need you like in the car, like. I don't know. I just, you know, and then he like, then he like, when they all suit up, he like tears. Obviously he tore the Spangler patch off the suit and wrote podcast on it. And I was like, you little prick. Like, do you even, do you even like, who the hell are you? (laughs) You ripped Spangler off of this thing and put your own freaking name on it. That's true. Like, know your place. The hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like lucky, lucky left Spangler on hers because. Yeah. You know, she's like, I respect, uh, you know, but even lucky, even lucky. I was like, ah, you know, you're, and then she was, she was like the, of the team. Once things got rolling, she was the most useless one. Like she was just there to be the pretty girl that Finn Wolfhard's character had a thing for. Um, and the whole final showdown, she wasn't, she didn't really play a big role. Um, yeah. Yeah maybe i'll paint this is a good i'm gonna i do have some questions about what i would change and that that maybe i'll use this as an opportunity to bring one up just about that sure so i do feel like part of me and it extrapolates a bit more than just her 
But I do feel like for me, there was almost a scene missing somewhere from the whole movie to the final climax and conclusion of the film. And I don't know what I needed. I don't know what was missing, but just something to kind of progress and enrich our characters more and maybe make me care a bit more. And the reason I say that is there was all the excitement that happened, everything that went on. And when, sorry, I always mispronounce his name. Is it Flynn? Finn Wolfhard. Finn, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. When when he goes to to see his friend who's, you know, in the shell of the the former month, the ghost, and like they're, he, her, her and Paul Rudd are, are breaking out because they're now saved. When Finn goes to get her and it's like, hey, you okay? Or I don't remember what he said. It just, it wasn't, hey, here's one character with another that I'm really invested in. It was just two people on a screen that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot they know each other. And it just, it it felt like a bit of a jump where it was like, hey, yeah, we're going to get like some some real depth here of like, hey, uh, I'm Finn, why are you here? Oh, well, my mom's broke. We we moved here because my grandpa lived here, yada, yada, yada. Are, do you ever, where, where are you from, girl? And she's like, hey, yo, I'm, I've been here for four generations. I'm stuck. And he's like, hey, do you ever want to leave? And then like, that's it. That is it. And I just wanted a bit more to say, hey, you know, let's get the Stranger Things vibe. Let's get the it vibe of like, some progression so that when that happened at the end that they were disconnected and then reacquainted at the end, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And for me, it just personally it was like, oh, I forgot they knew each other. And yeah, a little bit with Paul Rudd, I, I was okay with the amount that we saw with him romantically involved with the mother, but literally when he was possessed partway through, I was also like, oh, that kind of sucks. Not just because I want to see Paul Rudd, which I do. But I also just wanted a bit more progression with him and the the female acquaintance that he was interested in and the kids and so on and so forth that more so with Finn, but a little bit less so with Paul Rudd. I was also like, oh, and right, he's he's okay too and we're going to go see if he's okay. Um, and so I guess I just felt like I needed a bit more character filler to get me to the end to be a bit more invested. Yeah. About about I guess more so Finn's Finn's Finn, but anyway that 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 is one thing that stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. There was I kind of thought Paul Rudd was going to be a Ghostbuster. Um, <sighs> like at no point is he, you know, he's no. he ends up playing a role sort of like what Rick Moranis plays. Yeah, and listen I which mean like so much so that if they do another one sure um and it takes place in New York okay um as the second post credit scene kind of suggests sure might happen okay uh like I, I don't know that it would make sense for him to be in it and see I think again I was expecting a bit of a rebirth in here that I don't think I had the label of I'm expecting Paul Rudd to be a ghostbuster but I think watching the film I think I would have been really pumped if that had happened and again i'm not just saying that because i like paul rudd but i just think the the chemistry would have been right for who he was on screen and just who he was supporting the children and doing this and doing that but i'm now that you've verbalized that i'm a little disappointed that that's not the case at least so far yeah 
Um, so you're talking about things that didn't really work or that you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you would have changed. I've got a couple. Um, I already kind of said, you know, the mini puffs. Uh, it was okay. I didn't, didn't, you know, whatever. Um, there's a couple little ones and then there's kind of a big one and the big one kind of segues into something. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So the little ones are, there was, you know what, like the ghost of Egon is there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's kind of nudging us along and pointing us in the right direction. Um, but there were a couple of times where it was like, where people just kind of conveniently knew what to do. Hmm. Um, like I'm thinking when podcast knows a, how to completely pilot that remote control trap. Sure. And B <laughs> knows what the levers in the back of Ecto, he knows which levers to pull to uh, open up the ramp on the, you know, and it was like, you guys just got in this car. Yeah, that's true. And like, and you guys are trapping ghosts and catching ghosts. And all you've seen is the, infomercial from the 80s you haven't seen yeah footage or you weren't around you no. just heard you phoebe's just heard of the ghostbusters huh. um yeah and so that was stuff that i was like uh there were a couple of times where there were like super convenient plot progressions yeah that's a good point yeah there were a couple other times where it was like okay this is like a shitty movie trope where you know, so Finn Finn's character. Why can't I remember his name? I, oh, just a sec, just a sec. Trevor. Yeah, what's Trevor. Trevor? When Trevor is like up smoking weed and shooting heroin and what? shooting off guns and whatever on top of you know Mount Shandor. There, oh yeah. And a ghost flies out. Right. And everyone starts laughing at like, what the f? What do you do that? Everyone, yeah. nobody, nobody's got really got an issue with that. Like it scared mm. the shit out of you, and now you're kind of <laughs> laughing about it because you were startled. Yeah, and it's true. Like with reckless abandon for what the hell actually was that? Can we, can we, can we talk about what the hell that was? Yeah, like, that's that's not a thing. The other thing, there's just two things. One thing that is a big issue that I have with the film, but isn't, um isn't the segue. The other is not an issue I have with the film, but it's a, for, it's a major personal criticism. So the big issue I have with the film is I think much like, and this is a trap that all films that are throwbacks or revitalized, you know, 30, 40 year later hmm. revamps or revivals of old series okay. is something they fall into. Okay. This film, some of its biggest weaknesses, some of the things that makes it not feel like Ghostbusters and not have the charm that it deserves is compared to the first two. This film relies way too heavy on action. There's there's almost no action in the first two Ghostbusters movies. Very little. Yeah. It's not about action. It's no. about they rely on wit, they rely on good storytelling, they rely on funny characters. Yeah. This one's got like car chases through the town and all of this stuff. And and it's like okay. <laughs> but but Ghostbusters was a very no frills kind of operation and that's what made it 
that's partially what made it so funny. Hmm. Was that they were just a couple of guys that had gotten booted off of campus and like what they were doing was serious, but they were never like, you know, like they're they're going after ghosts like Slimer. Right. And giant marshmallow men. And yeah, Gozer is a badass and the dogs are kind of freaky, but it's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not this big, like freaky kind of light show thing. Hmm. And so that there's, there's too much action, too much, hmm. too many action sequences and, and too much, you know, over the top spectacle with the remote control car and the, the sp- you know, spin outs and yeah. whatever else. Like yeah. I just, uh, you yeah. know, I don't know. Okay. The yeah. segue, the segue criticism. Had this been, this is, this is, I haven't said it yet, but this is a, is a good movie. Okay. I really enjoyed this movie. Okay. Yeah. This film would have been perfect. However, if it had been solely a story about the three surviving Ghostbusters who are in their late 60s, early 70s and have to come out of retirement to go. And they're complaining about the, you know, I don't remember this job being so painful. (laughs) I do. You know, like, had that been, had there been more than just 10 minutes with the originals? That's all I wanted, man. Mm. Like, I just... I so badly, and I was really, really, really enjoying the movie. Hmm. And then the OGs showed up, and then I was loving the movie, and then hmm. the movie ended, and I was like, God, I wish the whole movie had been like the last <laughs> 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> My God. Like, the, that, I laughed harder than I have ever laughed in a movie hmm. in a theater. I was laughing out loud in the theater, and I don't wow. do that because I find it embarrassing. <laughs> But I was laughing out loud in a theater full of other people who weren't laughing out loud. <laughs> I, was, I was audibly the one finding it funny in the hmm. room. Hmm. Um, two examples, two hilarious examples in this movie sure. of really funny moments within the, in that final 10 minutes. Okay. One okay. is a throw. They're both throwbacks to the original. Sure. Obviously, the first one is when Gozer turns to Ray and says, Are you a god? <laughs> and in the first one, Ray says, Ray turns back, looks at Peter. Peter kind of like nods, you know, like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, and Ray turns around and goes, No. And then Gozer says, Then die. And like right. zaps him with this horrible stuff. And Winston <laughs> says, Ray. When someone asks if you're a god, you say, yes. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's an iconic line from the original. Sure. And so in this one, Gozer turns to him and says, are you a god? And Ray stops and starts thinking about it. Yeah, that's fair. And all the other Ghostbusters are like, really, Ray? <laughs> really? Right. And then they all go like, oh, yeah, I'm a, yeah actually, we're all gods. We're all, like, it's... That was so funny. The <laughs> other is in the in the first one, and this is the type of humor of Ghostbusters. This is why the original two Ghostbusters is are so damn flawless. Um, is when Ray goes up to 
to first it raised the first one to like confront Gozer on the rooftop. Hmm. And I've and I've pulled up both quotes here. The one from the old one and the one from the new one. Hmm. Uh, Ray says, Gozer the Gozerian, good evening. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. And Bill Murray says, that ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. <laughs> it's just, it's so like the way a cop would say through a megaphone when there's a guy up in a building with a hot, you know, like right. it's just so formal. Yeah. Um, and it was so funny. And in this one, very similar. Raise the first one to approach. Goes to the Kazarian. In the name of in the name of the county of Somerville, state of Oklahoma, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and all members of Ducks Unlimited, the hmm. Association for Advancement of Retired Persons, I command you under the National Invasive Species Act to depart this world immediately. <laughs> and Bill Murray goes, "Bravo, bravo." <laughs> And it was so funny, and I was laughing so hard in the theater. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that was amazing. The, tr the fact that they did not... All of the things that were a, a, like felt like the original, the fact that they didn't hmm. change the car at all. Well, I mean, they, changed, they gave it like hmm. a couple updates and stuff. But sure. the siren is still that... Like that really horrible... <laughs> horrible. But wonderful in its own way, ecto alarm siren. Um, the fact that they didn't try to update the proton pack effect. Oh, that, okay, that yeah. Proton stream looks as cartoony as it ever has. It's sure. bright. It's ridiculous. It's silly. But it's Ghostbusters. Yep. And it feels like Ghostbusters. That was so good. That made me so happy. Hmm. Other callbacks like the fact that, yeah, we've got the dogs and the, then the lightning comes down and they, you know, this is a supernatural things I think have a tendency in our lore to work like tradition is a thing. They work a very specific way, very hmm. ritualistically. And so the fact that these two dogs go and they hunt down a man and a woman and that man and woman have to have a little hanky panky, and then and then they both get zapped by lightning, and they both kind of like arch over and turn into the dogs, and and the line like mom, 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 and mom goes, there is no mom, there's only Zool, which is a line that mm. Sigourney Weaver speaks yes. in the first. Like it's I just so wonderful. Hmm. All of the ties and the connections and and. So it's so good, <laughs> so good. And those are things. That's why I say, like, this film is meant for me. It's meant for sure. the diehard. It's meant for. This is something I wanted to say to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you if you say anything other than yes to this question, you're huh. a damn liar. Huh. Um, you know how there are things <laughs> when you think about your parents. When when anybody thinks this isn't like specifically you thinking about your parents, but this is anyone thinking about their parents, therefore, it also applies to you. Mm. You know, when you're thinking about your parents and okay. you're like, you know, for the most part, no complaints. you got great parents. But as an adult now, like even with your own kids and stuff, you like think back to 
your childhood. And there'll be a couple of things about like your parents' parenting method or their approach or, you know, what they did. And and you'll think to yourself, maybe it's just like one thing, just one small minor thing, but you'll think to yourself, thank God I turned out so good despite the fact that this you know that i can't believe that's what my parents did right you know do you know what i mean yeah oh yeah everyone there's has. always a critic there's yeah. there's criticism yeah. yeah and it's and it's no slight against our parents no. whatever you know you guys did great yeah ghostbusters and my love for ghostbusters <laughs> is an example of my parents having having done parenting right Hmm. The fact that I grew up knowing and loving Ghostbusters hmm. is is can only be attributed like that's that's something I discovered because we had the VHS and because at some point my likely my father would have said, "All right, son, today's the day." <laughs> right. Today's the day you're going to watch Ghostbusters. Hmm. Right. And and like any kid, I got hooked. Hmm. With the the proton packs and you know it had all the pseudoscience gadgets and it had everything, you know. And there were enough jokes that I didn't get, but enough jokes that I did get. And hmm. like, and it was just so. And the giant marshmallow man and the car and the like, you know. It was it had and the song, and there's so much Ghostbusters. I think is so successful and it works so well because of the iconography. There's mm. so much about it that is very iconic. It's an iconic outfit. It's an iconic car. They have iconic gadgets, right? Iconic song. Um, mm. And I think that's, that is the workings of a major fan base. That's something that... For sure. That make that lends itself so well to being so popular. Sure. Yeah. Damn, I love this movie. <laughs> I could tell. I love this franchise. You know, um, it's let, so good. Question. Let me, let for, me, oh, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to ask you a question yeah, to a yeah, non-fan. Yeah. Sure. Is it is that fair? Is it fair to call you a non-Ghostbusters fan? Yeah, like like a non a non-lifer, a non-grew up with sure. it, non. Yeah, non-tattooed above my box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, end of the movie. Okay. Egon shows up. Yes. Like, actually, a full-formed yep. yeah. floating vapor. Yeah. Holds holds the... Because we've already tried... Three of us have tried crossing the streams, and three's not enough. It's going to take mm. four like it did last time. Mm-hmm. Um, grabs Phoebe's proton wand, brings her over... You know the whole thing, and then they he like meets his grandchildren, like plays with their hair, does that whole thing. Yeah. Ray in tears says, "I'm sorry, I didn't believe." Um, you know, because there was like you know the first we hear really from Ray in this movie is Ray saying, "Egon Spangler can rot in hell for all I care." Yeah, and you're like, "Whoa, what has happened?" What Pretty, is you know? Yeah. Um, did you get emotional? During that whole ending, um, emotional is a bit of a strong word, but I appreciated it. Oh, I wept. I mean, like I f- had physical tears running down my face. 
Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't there because I'm not as invested in the series. But the, like, I, sure. I'm not a. I, I think the point you're trying to make was was it not emotional? And I have to go. Uh, absolutely, it was. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not a robot. I can totally appreciate appreciate what was going sure. on there. Sure. I I want to spin the question to you. Yeah. Because I will agree. I think I don't think I have any problems with that scene at all. And you okay. you, you said. I liked, like, as in I, Brady, as in co-host, as in, I don't know how else to describe you, but... Yeah, I'm familiar with myself. (laughs) (laughs) You said, hey, I I like this movie, and then when those three original actors showed up, then you said, ooh, I wish they had been here more often. Yeah. So, I agree that last scene was emotional, and... Yeah. What a what a unique situation that we can have a series like a, a film that is a way to like only in this circumstance could you have such a scenario where you have someone return who's unfortunately passed away in real life and it kind of makes sense with the tone of the film and the series like it's Being a, a ghost. Yeah. Very unique opportunity to have and they did it well like they they executed it well and it came to a head very well. I, I think I just want to ask you point blank because you enjoyed this film. Was this a good sequel or was it a two hours of setup for one amazing fan sequence? Hmm. That is really interesting. Um, It's, I think it's a good sequel. I do, I do. I think it's a good sequel. Okay. Um, I think it's both. Sure. And the answer is I think it's both. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Do I wish there was more of the originals? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because every moment with them, I loved. Every line was golden, right? Bill Murray saying, hi, Pete Venkman from the home office, and you are... <laughs> Right, like just the sarcasm in the, you know, the so this, which I found out was an improvised line. Oh, really? Right before they're about to blast Gozer, <laughs> and Bill Murray says, "Okay, on the count of three, go on to one, right, two, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally improvised. It's like no one knew he was going to say that." <laughs> But it's so good. Doesn't it's like, surprise you know, you me. You go, oh, okay. The second, the second he says that, you're like, that's a quotable line. That's mm-hmm. that's a line that's going to be on t-shirts and <laughs> sure. shit. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's both. Okay. I do think it's both. No, that's fair. That's fair. So you only saw one post-credit scene. I did. So the post-credit you seen is a callback to the beginning of the first Ghostbusters yep. where Pete Venkman is doing, he's trying to test the effects of neuro, uh, negative reinforcement on, on, you know, psychokinetic mm-hmm. whatever abilities. Uh, and famously, there's like a cute girl who he's saying gets all the cards right even though she isn't. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who's getting some of the cards right and he's still zapping him. <laughs> um, and so it's him and Sigourney Weaver back as Dana, and and that's you know 
it's it's cute. It's fun. She's like they're they're oh, a yeah. better married couple now. Yeah. The only the only thing that I kind of wish had happened in this movie that didn't and didn't happen in that scene and was kind of like a missing tie. Hmm. Obviously, we don't see Harold Ramis. We also don't not yeah. We don't see Harold Ramis. We also don't see Rick Moranis. Um, right. Uh, we don't we don't even get an update on Oscar, Dana's son. Huh. You know, we don't get any kind of like where's Oscar now and what's up with huh. him. Y- you know? Yeah. Um so it's whatever. Like um so then there's a second post credit scene right at the end. And it's uh do you want me to talk in in actor and actress or character names? Go actor actress. Okay, so Ernie Hudson and Annie Potts. Are oh, okay. Yep. And they're having a chat about, you know, the originals. They're just kind of reminiscing about the original team. Sure. Um, and Ernie's in his, you know, they talk about, Ray talks about, like, you know, Ernie's like a billionaire. Now. Sure. He's got, he's, you know, he's like a, a multi-billion dollar mogul, whatever. Right. And so he's in this, like, really fancy condo, whatever, and they're they're talking office thing. And, um and he's talking about how you know he's he's he, originally all he was looking for was a steady paycheck but being a part of the ghostbusters taught him this and it taught him that and all of these things and that you know first and foremost he will always be a ghostbuster <laughs> and then as he's talking that we see this footage of him cuz so there's a moment where okay so this it's it starts with is this was this in the end shot of the movie? No, it's part of the scene. Hmm. Um, it's the Ecto driving across the the Brooklyn Bridge back that, to New yes, York. Yes, that was in the, the movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because he talks about he like you know he's he's looking at the car at one point in the movie and he's like you know oh, look what they've done to you and you know it's so rusty. And he's like, don't worry, baby, I'll get you home and I'll get you <laughs> cleaned cleaned up or whatever. And so, and Annie's talking about, you know, like, are you still, she's asking Ernie, like, are you still paying Ray's rent and stuff like that? And he says, oh, you know, Ray's gonna, Ray's gonna turn a profit someday. And, you know, he's just like, he's, he just loves and cares for all of them and, you know, whatever. And the final shot is, well, the final sequence is as he's talking about this stuff, the doors, it's an internal shot looking out and the doors of the firehouse open. And it turns out that the firehouse being turned into a Starbucks isn't actually true. It's probably just a lie hmm. that Ernie told Ray so that Ray's heart didn't break. But the thing's like condemned. It's like in, you know, it's just dusty and shitty and <laughs> empty and probably hasn't been. The firehouse isn't a Starbucks, it's abandoned. But Ernie still owns it or does own it or has bought it or whatever. Hmm. And the doors open and he's like, he's. He's using his hands to sort of single signal and guide someone in who's driving in the ecto. Hmm. And it's like, oh, he's going to <laughs> he's going to clean it up and he's going to get this thing going, which raises so many questions because it's like, so who's going to be? Because like, arguably, I doubt any of them are going to play a prominent role if they even play any role in the next one. You, um, it'll be mostly. Yeah around these kids but then like so how does that work huh so phoebe and trevor i mean they don't you know 
Phoebe, Trevor, and their mom, yeah, they're look. If they can go live at the firehouse, they're going to go live at the firehouse because for sure they don't have a great living situation right now. No. Where's po- where the hell's podcasts? Parents, podcast <laughs> isn't going to get to move to New York. Yeah, that's true. Lucky's dad isn't going to let her just leave and go be a Ghostbuster in New York City. Mm-hmm. So, is it just going to be Phoebe and Trevor, and then Ray and and? And Winston, like Dan hmm. Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, because I that I'd rock that. And Bill Murray <laughs> kind of shows up occasionally, and and maybe Oscar, maybe Oscar's gonna lead a new team and right. show up and be like, you know, uh, that stuff's kind of cool. A podcast was fun comedic relief, but I don't, I whatever. Go go home, kid. Work on your podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that, anyways, that's all interesting. And then. The final shot of the post credit second post credit scene mm-hmm. is a is a slow panning zoom in shot on the red containment s- system in the basement that that Mister uh, Peck the the EPA guy from the first one went and had them shut it down shut this down shut down the the hmm. containment thing. It's like, whoa, like if you shut this down, we will not be responsible for it. He's I don't give a rat's ass. Shut this down. Shut it down. And uh, and then the roof like blows off and all the ghosts get out and stuff. You, you kind of, you sort of remember that? A little bit, yeah. Okay. So it's a zoom in on that thing, that containment unit that they were like taking, they were emptying the traps into. They were containing all the ghosts in there. Oh, okay. And, and there's a red light on it that's flashing and it, and it's maybe going, eh, eh, I'm not sure. sure. It might just be flashing, but it's like, it's clearly, you get the vibe looking at it. Oh, it's not supposed to be doing <laughs> something. Something, something's not copacetic here. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, definitely, definitely setting up a future. Okay. Um, okay. I just, I have no idea what the hell that's going to look like. Sure. Yeah, Contra- uh, sorry. but there is contractually more. Contractually, has a sequel been announced or, or nothing? No. So the official word is that there are several future projects in the works, um, but that's not necessarily like who knows. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing official. Official. Sure. There's no like nobody signed on and like oh yeah we have this released. <laughs> right. It's been greenlit. Right. So, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else, sir? I don't th- think so. I think the only thing I'd say is I felt like the first quarter to the half, maybe the pacing I wasn't the biggest fan of. I I felt it was maybe just a little bit slow. And the- I, f- I felt that. I was like, when are we, when is this going to become a Ghostbusters movie? Like, it's just yeah. a lot of setup. And, and it's a weird thing to say because, you know, although I'm saying the pacing is slow, I also agree with you that I wasn't a fan of how action heavy it was. And it's just a weird combination of, well, I guess it's, it actually kind of makes sense. Like it's the story that I felt was pacing slow and action didn't necessarily set it up. So the more I'm talking about it, it kind of makes sense. But so I, I guess if I ever, if I were to change something, I'm not sure if I'd keep the pacing the same as it was at the beginning. I'm not sure if this falls into something I'd change, and this is the only other thing I want to add. I think it's maybe something I've just learned about Ghostbusters is when I was expecting a bit of a rebirth and a change, I think I was excited 
about things like when Paul Rudd finds the ancient map of the town and we see this mine shaft that, you know, from a hundred years ago, from, you know, some weird connection with the engineer from the, the building in the first film and, you know, just all these mysteri- mysteries that we don't have answers for that makes it creepier. Like, how is J.K. Simmons still physically, like, not just dust? And, He's in good shape. You know, <laughs> all these... You know. I like that he gets... I like that he gets ripped into, though. It is! Like, that just show. He's that dummy that's like, oh, yeah, this oh, ancient Sumerian god is going to... favor me. Be, ...be my wife and, like, will rule the world together. And Gozer's just, like, LOL, puny human. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, I loved the ancient kind of mysteries. And the, I think I was just wanting more stuff like that. And maybe that's unrealistic. Like, maybe that's not what Ghostbusters is exclusively about. Because there was some of the stuff, like, the hokey, you know, metal muncher going around and... That led to some of the action sequences that you weren't even a fan of either. So there were, I I liked some aspects of it, and then there were some things that were going okay. I get it. This is very relevant to the original series, and I think I I just kind of learned more about what I liked and I didn't like as far as it relates to Ghostbusters. So I think like I'm clearly seeing if they had gone with some of those more things that I liked, I I would have been more of a fan, but. Uh, I understand that there's a legacy and a uh, uh, an origin that you know has to be maintained in a sequel of something like this. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, scale of zero to ten, sir. Where think, would you rank the new Ghostbusters? I think you'll be pleased. Like I, I, I actually, as a side note, I, I was watching. I don't think it was a trailer, but it was like a little TV spot of. Um, the Eternals, and I, I, I just kind of felt some remorse. I, I, th- I thought maybe I went a bit too hard on my grading scale of it, because even when I watched snippets of it, I thought I could see myself viewing this again someday or being interested in the TV show. So my point is, sometimes right. I think I'm a bit hard, but this one I think I was fair. I gave it a neutral. I gave it a five out of ten. Um, oh, okay. So take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. So on the like our scale of zero to ten, I gave it a five, and on my like how much would I effort would I put into its scale I'd put it into streaming so it's the second lowest so I wouldn't you know want to I you wouldn't you wouldn't want to pay any additional money for it if it was available to you yeah maybe you'd watch it I'm I'm not doing myself any favors the more I break this down I think I didn't regret seeing it in theaters but Let's just say for the sake of my 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 scale, <laughs> streaming it is more than enough. So if it was free on a sure. streaming site, I'd say great. So that's sure. that's you where might it goes. Have, you might have regretted it had you paid the money for IMAX. Yes, maybe. Okay. Or I wouldn't pay Which, it to see it again. I'm not like you. I'm but, not going to say I'm seeing it Saturday with my brother and I'm seeing it Sunday with my cousin and you know like once right. was enough. So. Which by the by was a great deal for me because of my Senate Senate Club thing. But oh yeah, that's that thing's paying for itself, there. and and on a Tuesday, <laughs> like it worked. It worked out. Brienne and I went both went to go see it in IMAX, and my total was nineteen ninety nine or something. Nice, nice. Yeah. So they practically, yeah. Wow, that's great. They practically paid me to go. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Okay, so where do you rank it? 
That's that's a question, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, you know, <laughs> I I've hummed and hawed about this a bunch because sure. I I wanted to make sure I was I believed in the answer I was going to give. Uh, and I think I do. I think I'm I'm satisfied with saying this. Um, I give this just an eight, an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, you know, had this been OG Ghostbuster all, all the way, this would have been. I would have been asking likely to make an exception, and and do something like a ten point five out of ten or something. Um, so you know, I I think. I think for the direction they decided to take it, which I don't know if it was the wrong direction. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The movie I'm saying I wish I got might not be the right approach sure. by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fuddy-duddy ritzy filmmaker. <laughs> um, and so that's just a fan wanting unlimited barrels of fan service that's all that sure. is yeah um so but for the direction they went in i thought they executed pretty good they did a pretty good job um for a movie that i went into with super high hopes um and expectations that i tried to keep down um you know, but we're kind of inching their way up. You, you, um, I'm not critiquing your words. You did try to keep them down. I do believe you, but you were excited. Like you were saying this was, you were excited about it, almost in the same realm as you were the rise of Skywalker, like when the, the Star Wars saga. Yeah. Completed. So I had extremely high hopes, sure. um, but relatively low expectations, I think. Sure, um, sure. Or at least that's what I, you know, I was hoping to have. Sure. Um, you know, so so I think for the approach they took, I think it's, I think they did pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> is it the approach? You know, if I could, if I could have had my way, is it the approach? Is it the premise I would have went for? No, no, no. Um, but in that world, Harold Ramis would still be around, and yeah, it would be four old guys you know talking about how heavy their packs are and <laughs> how their joints hurt and mm. how you know they you know yeah remember remembering it being easier to to pee in this suit and like, you know just like stuff like that yeah. you know just like it sure. i think that would have been hilarious um but uh but yeah you know what it uh it worked out it worked out okay so eight out of ten. Cool, yeah. respectable. Yeah, what'd you watch this week? I think the only thing I watched, I continued the journey and lost. And man, it's just it's coming to a head. It's so good. Oh, incredible! But the only thing I watched was a Netflix original documentary, Britney versus Spears. Ah, um, uh, yes, I the think, internal struggle. <laughs> I think most people are familiar with some type of or some level of knowledge of the the family dispute that that's been going on with her and her conservatorship but uh oh i know nothing oh I've, i haven't heard of this oh so yeah i've, heard, I've seen i think i've seen the documentary like advertised I've, I've seen or, advertised yeah 
uh, but I haven't. I certainly haven't watched it. And yeah, I don't know anything about that. Okay, so it's a. It, you know what the the documentary was informative, uh, entertaining for what it was, and uh, interesting. Uh, essentially, uh, there's some family dispute where um, I think it's like classified like as a you know uh, a point in Britney's life, a family member took over uh, in the form of like a conservatorship in in a, in a, what's defined as like an attempt to prevent uh, an individual from like making poor financial decisions or doing poor kind of reckless decisions when they're at a moment of weakness. And, um, the only difference was like, it went on for like 12 years. And although she was classified as unable to make like being of sound mind to make decisions, her tour, like her group and family and entourage were still like pushing her out to do like 70 shows in nine months and like essentially just making her work to the bone and people were allegedly profiteering off of her. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, sounds like a quite a sticky, unfortunate situation that she was in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. But it, anyway, yeah. that's what I watched this week. Cool. What did you watch? I'm assuming, can I guess two, can I guess uh, two things you watched this week? Sure. One of them is wrong, oh. but, but <laughs> sure. Ghostbusters. Correct. Two. Incorrect. Ah. Yeah. Cool. What'd you yeah. watch this week? Uh so I watched the first Ghostbusters again. Sure. Um just as a just yeah. as a nice little, you know warm up. Grease the memory. Yep. Um so I watched that and then I watched Hang on, bear with me. <laughs> What did I watch? So I didn't watch anything that night. I watched Ghostbusters that night. And I watched, yeah, okay. So I watched Ghostbusters. I watched the 2002 film, Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Yeah. In another, you know, okay, time to start, time to start refreshing the, the, the old think box. I got five of them to watch in preparation. Oh, wait, five. Okay, one, two, three. Sam Raimi's three, and then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Garfield's two. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, and then, uh, and then I've watched the first episode of the new Disney Plus MCU show, Hawkeye. Oh. Yeah. How so? so. How so? Or how is it? Uh, how so? Well, uh, <laughs> it's saying that, paid like, my bill for well, Disney Plus. And yeah. I, um, no, uh, you know what? It's good. It's um, it's been getting. I think it's been getting some mixed reviews. But I'm I'm interested. I'm, you know, I'm taking the bait. Cool. So yeah, okay. we'll see. How, we'll see where it goes. Cool. Cool. See where it goes. <laughs> Wrap this up, sir. Well, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Whether it's the first time or you're a lifer. Thank you for joining us. Check out our social media pages. Like, follow, subscribe. The links are below. Give us a good rate and review wherever you can. We do appreciate it. Share the show, whether it's, you know, you transcribe everything we've said and hand it to a friend of yours or just share a link with a friend or give us a like and a share wherever you see us. Just share us. We really appreciate it. 
check out our Patreon page, our merchandise page. Way to, it's a way to help us cover costs, grow the show. And uh, there's some perks on there that we, we like to give back to you. And um, yeah, and uh, until next time, we'll, we'll talk to you later. And just, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of something witty to say. I, the only thing I can think of is just, if you don't know what to do, be more like Paul Rudd. That's, that's, I, I, can I say one thing I forgot of to course. say? Of course. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, maybe don't listen to this episode yet. <laughs> we're going to review this film. Like, uh, assuming you've, <laughs> assuming you've seen the new movie. So, <laughs> and you know, know what, so if, just come back, like save it for later and then come back. If anyone belly aches that they weren't warned, they were just at the end of the episode. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I listen to all my, I listen to all, all the podcasts I listen to. I listen to the last 60 <laughs> seconds first. That's how you do it. Cause you gotta know, you gotta know if, if the journey's worth it, where you're going, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh.